welcome to the Bold Dreamer podcast. I am your host, Christina, and I am so glad that you're here. As always, I created this podcast because I think it's so important for women to hear other women talking about chasing their dreams and honestly, all the shit that goes on behind the scenes and how it's not an easy path to get where you think you're going. And I love having other people for myself to look to as inspiration. And my hope is that if you have something on your heart or something that you're working toward, that hearing these stories of other women chasing their dreams and navigating all the mess on the way to get where they're going inspires you and lets you know that you can do it too. And you don't have to have the perfect scenario to start and you don't have to have the skills. It's really like jump and fall and trust the wings come on the way down and you just have to start. And I just think it's so important for us to remember. Like it's not easy and it's honestly really ugly for 99% of us. Um, So the guest today is my good friend, Sarah Hargrove. She is the face and founder behind the brand Serendipity Photography. She is a wedding photographer and her story is just so fun. We go over all things from imposter syndrome to what the real dream is. Um, You know, a lot of times you attach this dream to your business and you think it's going to look one way, but sometimes it really is something super simple. Uh, We go over finding your voice, finding... She's a photographer, so how she found her style and how she really had to quiet all the noise around her of people and the industry and clients telling her how she should be to get where she wants to go and the process of really unlearning all of the things that she was thinking she had to do to to become successful. And she's landed in this beautifully authentic place where Sarah is serendipity photography and it's really, really special. And that's why her business is so special is it's such a personification of her and she's just the best person and such a great time. So I think whether you're a photographer or somebody that's not sure what they want to do, or somebody that has interest in a skill but doesn't really know where to start, this is a great story to listen to because she literally did not even know how to work a camera when she picked one up. Um, And she was only 22 when she started. And it's pretty fascinating. She has really become a leader in the wedding industry and she is just killing it and it's amazing. And she's killing it on her own terms, which is 12 out of 10, the best way to be. So grab your cup of coffee, sit at the table with us, get inspired. And I hope that you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Let's get into it. Hello, Sarah. Hi. (laughs) Hi. So I'm going to be completely transparent here with the people and this is a re-record <laughs> it's okay because sarah yes sarah and i like maybe two months ago maybe a little less i don't know it was a while ago we re- recorded a whole episode 
and I went to upload it and um, I I selected the wrong mic function. <laughs> so I sounded like I was a million miles away. It's okay. So thank you so much for coming back. Of course. I'll talk to you any day. <laughs> ah, I love it. Thank you. And so we're going to have to, you know, go through some of the same questions that you've been asked before, but we're just going to, we're going to go through and do it. So we got this. I have to. Yes, we do. (laughs) It's going to be even better than the first time. Yep. Um, So I have to start by asking, what is your favorite way to take your coffee? So my coffee literally changes daily. It's it's pretty bad. But today I created a, my own shaken espresso. Um, ex- I said espresso. Somebody's going to come for me on that espresso. That's okay. <laughs> um, it's espresso now. Yeah. So basically two shots of blonde roast and some milk. And then uh, I made like a vanilla cold foam to put on it. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. You're a blonde roast girly. That I surprises me. I am a blonde me. roast girly. I don't love the taste of coffee, but I like the, like, I like the coffee. Like, I like the coffee, but I don't love the taste of coffee. So I'm like a light roast. Like, I know blonde's like the biggest caffeine, but the lightest flavor. So it's like perfectly diluted yeah. with all the other yes. flavors. I love a blonde roast. So I totally thought you would have been like, dark roast Mm -hmm. like intense because i know you're a coffee drinker i didn't realize that it's just like purely for the caffeine infusion and then the coffee is just like the vehicle no i wish i loved coffee i wish like i was a black coffee girl i really i've tried my husband is a is a black coffee guy he can do it i can't it's like bitter dirt water to me i don't so is jordan <laughs> you know what i feel like drinking straight black coffee though it's just like wow you're so that's cool. like it's such a flex like, so... <laughs> yeah it's a crazy flex I, I want to be that person but i always am like i have to it has to be a specific color yes. it has to be a this certain is my color. color this is my color. okay so for people obviously can't <laughs> oh, yeah. see if i like figure out ever how to like screen grab this and put it but like it's in a giant Sarah's showing me a giant mason jar that's essentially like it's white on top from the cold foam delish but then it's just like the creamiest it's milk coffee it's color fine. that you can it's milk it's milk it's ice milk, ice milk. vanilla it ice milk delish. with cinnamon oh I put cinnamon in there too Ooh, I do you know what I had I was in Nashville um a few weeks ago for a wedding and I keep remembering I had this but forgetting to like ever implemented it in my life and there was we went to this uh coffee shop to we had like just gotten off the red eye and I don't I've never seen a place do this and it's like not that crazy but they do their lattes and they'll shake it with honey and cinnamon honey oh my god it's the best Mm. it's literally the best coffee i've ever had and i can't believe i'm just remembering this now because every time i think about it i'm like oh i have to make that and the honey yes the honey and cinnamon combo and then i got it in like latte form not in not in like black coffee form so it was like an oat milk (sighs) honey and cinnamon situation that just brought me completely i'm gonna try that i'm gonna try that so i love honey i could eat honey with a spoon so i I do eat honey with a spoon especially like yeah i i love the um i try to reserve it for only if we're getting sick but the manuka Mm -hmm. honey 
mm-hmm. and it's so good eating it with a spoon. Like it's so creamy, but it's also like $35 for a little bit. Oh my God. So you have to like really, unless you get it at Trader Joe's. Trader oh. Joe's, you can get it for like 13 but it's like the really antibacterial Oof. one that's so expensive. Try uh, try Home Goods. Oh, they have I always forget honey. that they have food. Good honey. Yeah. I got this honey from um Italy that it was from a winery and I I I ate it with a spoon and it's like straight molasses. Like it's Ooh. like this thick, dark, like molassesy oh so good. So good. I love honey. I do too. I okay. Do too. So moral of the story, put the honey <laughs> in your going coffee to. tomorrow. That's, Me too. Going to. I'll send you a <laughs> Okay, so now that we have all of that squared away and we will become honey latte girlies tomorrow. um, Or today. Give – or today. Maybe, yeah, after this actually. It's only 8 o'clock in the morning here, so there's a very Mm. good chance it's today for me. And I I saved my coffee for – 11 today so that we could talk oh so you could drink <laughs> yeah. it too i love that it's like very intentional it is. it's super intentional it's it's a ritual yep. i love that um okay so in your own words what do you do and not to like completely just change the topic here <laughs> it's okay but there's no way to segue out of that <laughs> I, there's not it's like we're so far down that hole um what do you do and I guess kind of like the cliff notes of how you got there. Sure. So uh, I am a wedding photographer. Um, I photograph more than just weddings, but weddings are my real bread and butter. Um, my business name is Serendipity Photography. Uh, it's S-A-R-A, like my name. And I have been doing this for, uh, I think I'm about to have my sixth birthday. Maybe my seventh birthday since 2016. What is that? What is that? Is that seven? Oh my god! Seven. Oh my god! Okay, (laughs) I'm gonna have my seventh birthday, (laughs) um, which is super exciting. I feel like I skipped my sixth. That's weird. Um, And I basically got started on a whim. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I had gone through numerous career changes. I'd gone through the vet tech program um, at in college. I swore I was going to be a veterinarian, then I ended up hating the medical field. Um, And when I started working at a boutique in Clifton, which is where we met, and yep, and I met this girl that was, or this woman, I guess, she was a lot older, not a lot older, she was, she was older than me. Um, Older than you. She was older than me, especially at, at, at that time. And in your early 20s at this time, like early, early 20s. Yeah, this was, what, 2016? I would have been... So, so you're like 22, 22. or something, yeah. you? Yeah, because I, I got married in 2017 and I was 22. So I think I was just turning... Tw- I was just turning 22. Um, So I met this woman. And I like I don't know why, but I... I mean, I've been working since I was 14. Or 14 and a half, or mm-hmm. whatever the legal age is. And it's been ingrained in me to have like a career path. Right. So I, at 22, I was panicking because I had no idea what I wanted to do. I had just quit the vet tech job. I started working at the boutique. Um, and then this woman came in who was a photographer. I don't know where along the lines I picked up my camera and was like, I think I was searching on indeed on like creative jobs. (laughs) 
and photography came up. I don't know why. Like, I'll, and, I'll try that one. Yeah. And um, I had done photography very, 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 very minuscule amount of photography in high school. Freshman year, I did film. And it was always on, like, the, the radar, the back burner, like, way, 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 way back burner. And when she came in, it kind of piqued my interest because I was like, oh, like, what are you doing? This is cool. This is interesting. This is creative. Do you make money? Like, what is this? And she, um, I thought she was a little bit more established than she was, but she was just starting out too. And so when I, um, came up to her, I was like, can I just like follow you around and see what you're doing? She was like, sure. And we got to talking. We, um, decided that we were going to like kind of learn together and I'm like a all in girly. Like I am, <laughs> I'm a serial entrepreneur, first of all. And when I have an idea, I don't like sit back and like wait for the perfect opportunity. I'm like, I want this. I want this. I'm going to get a business name. I'm going to get a business bank account. I'm going to uh, get an Instagram. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to have merch. I like... wish I could say I don't relate, <laughs> but like, I feel that in my I think arrow. that's why we've connected so deeply <laughs> yeah. over the years is like, you get it. You just get it. Yeah. And so within, I don't know, three months, I was like, I'm going to be a photographer. I, I don't know what it means, but I'm going to do it. I had a business name. I had a bank account. Um, I had a, I was starting a website, like all these things. I didn't know what type of photography I was going to do, but I was going to be a photographer. And then uh, basically I got engaged and I started figuring out my wedding photographer plans. Um, I met my wedding photographer. I loved her. She offered to let me shadow her. And I was like, oh my God, you make money doing this? this is so cool. Like this is, this is, this is badass. And, um, after that I was like done wedding photographer, figuring it out. And then I just dove headfirst into, and this was with all within, I would say six months. Um, yeah, I was, cause I, I, yeah, I know. Um, cause I got, well, maybe, the wedding photography came like within six months, but I had started a little bit earlier than that because my like LLC is June 2016. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, and I dove headfirst into education, figured out who I wanted to be educated by, and then um, basically completely self-taught myself. I knew nothing about my camera, so I self-taught myself everything that I know now, and um, it's been fantastic it's been astronomical like I am super proud to say that I make six figures in this company um, that I built from the bottom up um, I've never really told anyone that but I do because um, I don't I'm not one of those people that likes to share my monetary value um, to this but I do think that it's pretty pretty damn cool <laughs> that's amazing mm -hmm. and what's like really awesome about because like like you said like anybody that's listening it's like oh my god can I make money doing this or can I and what's like pretty cool about photography with the exception of like having to <clears throat> buy new equipment or like when you have help with you like that's money that you get to stick in your pocket because you're not it's not like 
for me like a product-based business right it's like yeah I can see six figures but it's like six figures is also sliding right back out to like product development and all this stuff so like you've really found something that you can like make money and you actually get to keep it which is for the most part yeah for the most part you know yeah is amazing like well for we'll pretend taxes are oh my god I'm not even gonna mm, I'm not even gonna go there it killed me this year it was bad well, I bet because like on so like on a service, I guess you're considered a service based mm-hmm. business. Like that's essentially all profit, almost like very minimal write off. So I'd imagine the taxes on that are like, oh wow, look how much you made. Let me take yeah, that and it sucks too because I have to take them out. Like it doesn't just come out of a paycheck. Like my husband's, like he sees at the end of the year, oh yeah, I sent this much money to the government. Where I'm like take my money please like here you go yeah (laughs) and I get to make that paycheck yeah have you um this is like kind of a side tangent but just for anybody that is uh, so many people ask about taxes Mm -hmm. right for businesses and it's so different for every business Mm -hmm. like I don't write myself paychecks I don't either yeah um but for people that are curious about that. So there are ways that you can, like you can put yourself on a W-2 and that will essentially take the taxes out in real time for you. But then like the other option is to essentially count up all your money at the end of the year and you you put it in the TurboTax or your accountant or whatever, whoever's doing it. And then you would owe on like what you took mm-hmm through the whole year but there are actually ways to break it up like quarterly and stuff like that I do quarterly. why do you choose oh you do okay I was gonna say why do you choose not to do that because I feel like that is like a lot of money to be like I can't spend this all year um no I do quarterly for the most part um but the past two years um QuickBooks has like been dumb and screwed and they raised their prices which is terrible. Oh, I didn't even realize that that's funny um <laughs> and yeah so QuickBooks has been dumb I have a CPA so he does all my taxes he's fabulous yeah. um but there was a snafu with my taxes last year and my taxes this year um I married filed jointly so it's like mm-hmm. something happened with Chad's taxes and then my ta- it was fine um but I'm still paying every, what, four months, three, four months, big, yeah, big dumb chunks. Big chunks. Yeah. And it's just, it's a pain in the ass. Like it's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's, I hate it. I don't know if you use the same accountant that I used to use. No, I don't. I don't don't know. Okay. Okay. But they always used to say to us, like when I say us, Alex and I, who Sarah used to work for is like. The more money you're paying in taxes, the better your business is doing. And I'm like, that is the That's worst great. advice. I hate that. <laughs> Thanks. I hate that for me, but I also love that for me. I know. And he, the, my, my accountant was so nice. He was like, so I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Your company did really well. And I was like, and You're like, no. crap. No. <laughs> it's like I want to celebrate, but you're really putting a damper on this yeah. for me. Yeah. But I did get – I there so – in QuickBooks, what happened is they didn't take out um, one of my quarterly payments, 
So I ended up getting that quarterly payment back, which was nice because I had overpaid them oh, essentially nice. um, afterwards. So that was nice. I ended up getting like almost five grand back. But I was what a I know I was like, thanks. That could have been my tears could have been avoided if you had just yeah right done your job. But it's fine, whatever. Um, but anyway, yeah. So taxes yeah. suck. Lesson from that, people. <laughs> taxes are terrible, but stay on top of them or else they will oh, literally yeah. screw oh, you. Oh, yeah. And we have to, if you're not, I like, have to pay sales tax too. You uh-huh. do? On a service? Uh-huh. Because there's a gray area in Virginia on whether or not um, a digital product is now considered a tangible one. So, and the fact that half of my, um, actually most of my clients now get albums included in their packages. So it's so a tangible product. Something. Yeah. But Dang it. yeah. So like digital products now are kind of considered, considered a tangible item. So I have to pay sales tax, which also sucks. Can you just like, maybe I shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, speculating things like yeah. this on a public platform. Mm-hmm. But could you just like instead make your fees for your time? Would that be like a loophole? Um, I don't think it. Like you're paying me to come to your wedding and you get the pictures for free. Essentially, that's already what I do. But so there's like people that do this things like this I know. Out there Essentially, that like finds loopholes. I, yeah, and... I mean, I do that. Like, I don't. They don't pay for like, but they paid for them. But like they did, like they did. I don't know. It's weird. So I just do what yeah. I'm told, so I don't get screwed over by the government. Like I'm a rule follower yeah. with that. So I'm like on that. I'm just curious because like yeah, um, yeah. I used to work for somebody like years ago that would write off and loophole every single thing that they possibly could. Yeah, and um, like some of the things it's like that's a stretch yeah, yeah. it's a stretch <laughs> but no he's great um, he tries his best to like do what he can to make it a little bit nicer on me but there's some things yeah. that i just can't get around there's so rules have to be followed yeah it's terrible yeah um so back to like starting out because I feel like starting is there's like kind of two parts to starting a business, right? There's like the half of you that it's like, oh my God, I can totally do this. Mm -hmm. Like I can do anything I want. And I like to my detriment have that in my soul too. But then the other half is like actually figuring it out yeah, (laughs) and like executing it. So take me back to like your first wedding. Oh God. Was um, it a friend? It was how my did, sister. How did in law? My sister. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Um, what's really funny is Alex, our mutual friend, wanted to be a wedding planner at one point. So, oh, yeah, she uh, she and I did my sister in law's wedding together. So she planned it, designed it, and then I, I photographed it. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I'm not against doing free work by any means, especially starting out. There's a lot of people that in this industry that'll be like, you should never do anything for free. Like your time is valuable, blah, 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 blah. Um, I don't believe in that. I think that you should do free work as long as you're comfortable and you're able to do free work, uh, especially when you're starting out. I don't think you should charge for something that you're not capable of doing confidently, if that makes sense. Yeah. it's an opportunity. Yeah. It's not. And there's even, nothing yeah. wrong with that. Um, 
so I did my sister-in-law's wedding and in the grand scheme of things I think it went pretty pretty damn good like I I was like I have no idea what I'm doing but I followed this um this educator in the industry there's only so many educators in this industry um specifically in weddings and they're all kind of the same which is yeah it's a little bit monopolized um so I followed this educator and I was like (laughs) like going hard on trying to figure out how to shoot a wedding and do it well and I kind of got the basics and I was like, hey, girl, like, and my sister-in-law is very chill, like, very even keel, like, did not really care much about anything. Um, and I was like, hey, how do you feel about me, like, photographing your wedding for free? And she was like, hell yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it, in reality, like, if I could do it over again, I would do it the exact same way. Um, and I think it went really well, well enough for me to continue um, my next couple of weddings, not so well, because then that was like, really? yeah, I think because I think because not I had so. no expectations or I wasn't like, I wasn't getting paid for it. So it was kind of like whatever happens, happens kind of thing. Like, right. Like showing up and hoping yeah, for like, best. I'm not super yeah. responsible for anything. Like, and we had a great situation of like where the wedding was and like the lighting scenarios were all kind of perfect like it was it was easy it was an easy wedding to shoot and my next couple of ones um were not so easy and that's when the growing pains really started um and the like comparison thing really started and my contracts got real uh specific (laughs) after that big based off experience big learning curve um lots of lots of mistakes that were made um not big ones and were those mistakes like were those mistakes things that like screwed you over or mistakes that you made that you were like cringe Uh, mistakes I made um I mean yes and no like I was only so I could only do so much with what I was given like the bride, right. this was long enough ago that I can speak freely on this because I don't even know who these people are. Um, so I was in contact with only the mom. That was like rule, red flag number one. I was in contact with only the mom. Um, when I showed up, I had no idea who the bride was or the groom. I didn't even know what they looked like. Like I was like, are you are carrying the dress? Like I'm assuming that you're the bride. Like um, she showed up two hours late. Um, Everyone showed up two hours late, so everything was two hours behind, including decorations. There was literally nothing on the table, like nothing. There was nobody there. I showed up, and nobody was there. What? Yeah, and um, yeah, showed up two hours late. There was no getting ready room. It was it was like an unbuilt loft thing that was also kind of a office. Like it was a hot mess. And uh, the wedding was inside. I had no experience with inside weddings because it was obviously only perfect scenarios um, before this. Sunshine, natural lighting. Um, So it was fully inside. The wedding um, ran late. So we only had like, I I 
guarantee you it was literally only like three minutes of lighting outside before the sun like was gone and we were like in the middle of the woods it was some winery in the middle of the woods um so like if everything could go wrong it went wrong um and I made the mistake of putting my second photographer who I had no idea who they were because I had never I'd not done this before. Found them yeah, on like five. Literally, I was I think Christless. I put it out on Facebook marketplace somewhere. I don't know. Um <laughs> and put her up front, yes. put me in the back, because I thought that was a great idea. And when all the guests stood up, like they oh. do at a wedding, like she missed the bride coming down the aisle. And Amazing. that was like a huge argument not argument but the mom was pissed pretty much um so lots and lots and lots and lots of mistakes at that one that was all one oh and then she got super the bride got super drunk and then like disappeared for the last three hours of the wedding nice. like yeah so lots of things went wrong um and lots of things changed and that's i would say big growing pains that year and then the following year too so but like all the stuff that goes wrong, <clears throat> I swear, <laughs> like it still keeps me up in, in the middle of the night <laughs> when like things go wrong. Like I was up in the middle of the night thinking about these freaking like wicks in these candles that I just made. And it's like, it, I'm how many years in, right? right? But it's like the things that like go wrong that potentially get screwed up are so necessary because they're mistakes that if you approach them properly never get made correct yeah and so it's like you have to you know and so I'm I struggle with I don't know if you're the same I feel like you probably are just like with the type of work you do like I struggle with perfectionism so if something is not absolutely perfect it will literally drive me nuts until I find a solution so I'd imagine like you going through these weddings like killed you on the inside. But then in the long run or even probably the short run made you like so much better. And hindsight, it's like, wow, I'm so grateful I did that wedding and like learned what I did from it. Yeah, um, much more so the first three years. Um, three years. Three it. years, I would say the first three years. What would that be? 16, 17. So basically 2019, then 2020 hit. Yeah. So I would say first three years. Uh, um, I, what year did I do that conference? I want to say it was 2018 that I did this conference. I was very much obsessed with this woman that I had learned my education from. Um, I was obsessed with her to the point that I, everything I did, I compared it to her and it needed to be perfect. It needed to be perfectly mm. like her um, because she was so successful. Granted, she'd been doing this for 10 plus years. I had only been doing this for two, but yeah. maybe at that time, two or th two and a half, maybe. Um, so it was baby. I was baby in the business. And um, I was, you know, following everything that she did trying to photograph exactly like she did editing the exact same way she did to the point where like it was detrimental to my business um yeah because that level of perfectionism I could never achieve because it was not my 
work. Like, does that make sense? It was not who I, I mean, I was not her. So I could never achieve that. And I know exactly what you're saying. And it's like, you're trying to, and, and like at the end of the day, it's like, there are different scenarios there are different weddings. Mm-hmm. Like things won't, oh, your lighting is always going to be different than like the picture you're trying to emulate right. from her. And I think that's like such an important thing to touch on because whether it's in a business or like for you, like a visual business, like you lose your voice, mm-hmm. um, or you don't even cultivate your own. And I'd like love to talk about that. I actually like, uh, it's really interesting cause I had a remote job, like a, I guess a few years ago at this point. And it was with somebody that just takes a stunning, beautiful pictures, but it's really interesting because, um, she's an educator and a lot of people, I think like just try to make things look like she did because she's so freaking good at what she right. does. But like, when you're doing that and I've, I've had that, like when I first got into Orchid and Ash and I was like looking at candle companies, I'm like, Oh, this is how it needs to be done. Or this is how it needs to look or this type of label. But then you like lose yourself a little bit in it. And, um, it defeats the whole purpose of trying to be something in whatever industry, because like, we don't need replicas, right? You know, we need, so like, how did you, navigate out of that to like find because like you've gone through iterations mm-hmm. right so right now uh you I guess like not even market your pictures are like vibrant colorful and that's I feel like kind of where you landed but you had to like navigate through a bunch of stuff to find your way there right like what how did that look for you it it looked like me crying to this woman at a conference <laughs> Love a good tear story. If you're not crying, do you embarrassingly even have a so. Like <laughs> it was bad. Um, so I went to this conference and I was struggling because there was a level of perfect that I wanted to achieve, but I could not get there. And but your level of perfect was to match correct her. because that was perfect to me. Right. Like that's your idea of right. And I was getting so frustrated with my work because I could not get it to look like her work and I could not figure out why I didn't understand. I was getting so frustrated to the point where I was about to throw in the towel. I was like, I hate all of this. And also you are kind of bombarded with many different things in this industry as far as what you're supposed to be at um, as far as like quote-unquote luxury is. Um, There's film aesthetic, which is luxury. There's um, this dark and moody uh, adventurous elopement aesthetic that's also luxury. Like there's these weird categories that you want to be put in to be considered luxury which is like the ultimate goal is to be considered quote-unquote luxury I have a whole nother issue with this quote-unquote luxury market um but that's beside the point so I want to hear about (laughs) yeah I have a, a whole nother problem with that but um I went, I was like, I'm going to go to this conference because everyone that is in this educator's 
circle is at this conference. They are not like me at all. They're, I, they're very, 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 very religious. Um, I am not, but there's like a level of, I don't know, community that they were in Mm -hmm. that I was like, I'm going to be a part of this, even if it doesn't like speak to me. And there's nothing wrong with being super, super religious um, or like that being a part of your business aesthetic or whatever it is. But like, it was a lot. And I was like trying. And it's not you. No, it's not me. And I was like. But you just want to like. I know. And I wanted to fit in. And I was like, I was dressing super preppy and like. I was going to wear Kate Spade to everything. Like there was like a whole thing of Mm. like, you need to find your ideal client and dress like your ideal client and like be like your ideal client. And that's so interesting. Oh, it's it's disgusting. Um, So you're like, you're morphing yourself. Oh, I am conforming like to the extreme. Like, like this is, this is going like beyond the photo. Oh yeah. No, this is like full blown. Yeah, it's disgusting. And so (laughs) I was like forcing myself to be this person. Like I was wearing polka dots to every wedding. Like I was, I was becoming this brand that I thought that you needed to be. And it was, everything was pink and fluffy and hydrangeas and peonies. And like peonies are my favorite flower, but like also, yeah, like also there was it's like so much girly fluffy and like but that's what was ingrained in me on what is successful in this business is like being this way because there were so many of them yeah and the crazy thing is though and i what i'd love to like talk how you navigated out of this that worked for you it did it did work for me that's the crazy thing but it it worked okay but it worked for your business, yes. but it didn't work for it you. It worked for my business because at that point, that's what everyone wanted to see too. So right. it worked. I'm not saying it was great, but it worked. I don't recommend it because it was horrible <laughs> on my mental health. <laughs> um, so I basically, I went to this conference because I was like, I'm going to meet this woman. I'm going to like, it, it, my dreams are going to come true. Like I'm going to meet all of these people that I've been following so long. And um, I, she gave her conference spiel and um afterwards I was like I'm gonna go talk to her and I'm gonna go meet her and like she was both besties (laughs) like not even that I was just like (laughs) I'm gonna meet her and then all of a sudden it hit me that like something was wrong there was something that was Mm. wrong inherently like in my mind of like what is happening this is not me and so I went to her this was in between lunch this woman has no idea who I am at all I went to her and I basically started crying and was like I don't know what to do like I don't feel like myself like I've put you so high on a pedestal that I can't achieve anything that you're doing and it's being it's detrimental to my business and like what I'm trying to achieve and I don't know who I am and like I was bawling to this woman before lunch and it's like I feel like she didn't even need to say anything. You like I know. therapied yourself. I therapied right myself there. out You're of like, it. Oh, I just figured it and out. And this lady <laughs> looks at me and she goes, 
totally calmly, she was like, you need to unfollow me. Like, you need to stop. And I was like, what? <laughs> stop following you? Like, what is my business without you? And, like, not in a mean way. No. Like, at, to serve yeah, you. Yeah, she like, was, like, so yeah. kind about it. I mean, granted, she makes so much money that I'm just, like, a blimp in her fucking radar. But, yeah, like, like, like right, I am. girl, get out of here. <laughs> she's like, I don't know who no, you are. Stop it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. but she was so nice about it. And, basically, she was like, I, I truly think that you need to go and unfollow everyone. It is no secret that coffee is my beverage of choice. It is, after all, the first question that I ask every guest when they get on the show. And as somebody that is a coffee lover, if I can't get a flavored brew, like, you know, like a vanilla brewed coffee, I do love to have flavor in my coffee. I like to change it up. I love it to be ritualistic. I love it to taste good. And I have gone through all the iterations of ways that you can take your coffee. I have taken it black. I have taken it with soy milk. I have taken it with fat-free milk. I went through a heavy cream and half and half only era. And there is just nothing that I have used that I love as much as nut pods. I am absolutely obsessed with nut pods in every sense of the word. Their flavors are amazing. My favorite is toasted marshmallow, and I could drink it straight out of the box. It tastes so good. They have a chocolate. They have cinnamon swirl, uh, hazelnut, and these are plant-based, dairy-free creamers, which is incredible because I feel like I am constantly on the search for a good dairy-free creamer that actually mixes with the coffee and enhances the flavor and you don't feel like you're missing out on that yummy creaminess that heavy cream and half and half give you. Um, I more often than not try to stay away from dairy and I also don't love to put um, sugar in my coffee. So the nut pods is amazing because they have two varieties. They have an unsweetened and they actually have a sweetened, but it is a zero sugar sweetened flavor, which is incredible. So you can get that sweetness in your morning coffee or your afternoon coffee, whatever you're after, and still not be adding like that extra sugar into your day. I also love to use nut pods in my tea. I have this boba flavored tea. It is so good. And I put a splash of the toasted marshmallow creamer into it. It mixes perfectly and it enhances the flavor. Like it's crazy. I, I love it. I love it. And I love it. And I'm so excited to share with you that I have a code for you to use to get 15% off nut pods. And sometimes you can find them in the grocery store. Sometimes you can't find every flavor, but they are like never on sale. So I am so stoked to give this to you. The code is Christina Baranowski, my name, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-A-B-A-R-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. I will put this in the show notes. I will put the link in the show notes. And you can mix and match flavors. You can get variety packs and experience the magic that nut pods will bring to your morning ritual. I 
want you to report back. I want you to tag me in all your coffee photos because it brings me such joy. Um, and I hope that you love nut pods as much as I do. I feel like I have constantly looked for a good dairy-free creamer that doesn't get clumpy. All my all my dairy-free people, you know what I'm talking about. You'll get like an almond milk creamer or something, and the second you put it in your coffee, it curdles. This does not do that. It is smooth. It is creamy. It is delightful. It's actually Whole30 compliant, which is incredible. It's very clean, which is very important to me. And I mean, you're going to go to bed looking forward to your coffee in the morning. Mark my words. So enjoy that code. It is Christina Baranowski. You will get 15% off your entire order. And I hope you're ready to elevate your coffee game. Unfollow me. Stop watching me. Stop. Stop. Just stop. And I was like, are you serious? And she was like, yeah, stop. So I was like, that is not what I thought was going to happen. I thought she was going to be like, come under my wing. Let me teach you like all this stuff. She was like, no, 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 no. Stop it. (laughs) And she's like, go home, go home. You don't need to be here. And and (laughs) after that, I went home and I literally unfollowed everyone, everyone that I did not have a personal connection with that. I did not meet in person and want to cheer on from my end and not, not I don't want to say be jealous but like compare myself to I unfollowed them every single one of them and my feed was empty but which was probably amazing it was amazing it was lonely because I was like I don't know what I'm doing I'm kind of just like throwing myself to the wolves but then I started making connections with actual people um Mm -hmm. I started finding my people um and then it just kind of naturally turned into me finding my own voice and it's taken me until this year which I did a full rebrand at the beginning of this year um to actually come to terms with the fact that like I don't have to be fluffy and pretty and polka dots and girly and all this stuff and it was slowly getting there like I was slowly taking things out of like my branding and like trying to Mm -hmm. be and I went dark and moody for a second I offered both and then it was confusing and I was like still trying to find myself and then this year I was like screw it I'm putting it out there I'm a weirdo let's do weird things (laughs) and it's been great it's been well super well received I was scared but um it's been freeing because I'm but financially I'm also comfortable enough to be able to take do the that and take the risk and be okay with the outcome because I was comfortable and confident enough in my abilities to photograph whatever I wanted um so in that from the time that you like unfollowed everybody to now is what like three years at this point four years mm-hmm. three years I would say what was Like, okay, so say you can get technical with, like, photography language if you want, but, like, what did that look like for you? Because I feel like there's, like, two parts to this. So it's, like, being authentic, Sarah, which everybody knows and loves, and that was your risk, but it was worth it. But two, also, like, so you are self-taught in photography. You have been, like – trying to copy essentially emulate somebody else's editing 
how did you like have to start with like blank slates on like how to find because like a lot of photography is like one yes you have like a naturally amazing eye that's like just is what it is like you're good at what you do but the second huge part of photography is like how you edit like you were saying like what makes it luxury and the dark and moody or like the airy or whatever so how did you did you just have to like start with a blank slate and be like oh I kind of like this or I kind of like this or like what did that look like to land where you land um so essentially I I maintained use like she sold like her editing style pretty much Mm -hmm. um like presets presets. she sold presets so basically Mm -hmm. even the way that I was photographing even with her presets um it wasn't working out and so I took her presets and I kind of turned them into my own um, I used hers as a base because I knew what I wanted to achieve as far as like the way that the editing looked. Um, so I used it as a base and then I did a lot of practicing on situations that I was not super comfortable in with shooting. Um, mm-hmm. as far as like flash is concerned and off camera flash and like, um, pretty much being able to photograph in any, any lighting situation. Um, that was a lot of practice for me. And the main thing with photography is as long as you understand the way that lighting works and what you're looking for in any situation, you can pretty much achieve any editing style um Mm. it's all boiled down to how you work with light so once I got comfortable enough with that and confident enough with that and confident enough in myself to say that I'm a professional and go to these clients who trust me and tell them this is how it's going to be not a lot of the time I was taking um suggestions from clients who don't like personal personal requests and I wasn't comfortable enough saying yes but either it's not gonna look like this or we have to do it this way so that it looks like my editing style and um a lot of that was like a mental hang up too on being comfortable enough and confident enough in myself to say hey I'm the professional I know what I'm doing. I know what to look for. Um, I can take your photo here or do this or do that, but it's not going to look like this. So if we can try it this way, then it'll look like my editing. So, um, and now people are like confident enough in me that they're like, do whatever you want. Yeah. That's how I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Sarah, tell me exactly what to do. Yeah, but a lot of that came with, like, outwardly showing confidence because I didn't yeah. have it. So they weren't conf- confident in me, which I wasn't confident in myself. And then I would produce kind of shit work pretty much. But So now that you've, like, landed where you've landed, do you 
still feel that like twinge of comparison? Do you still like look at, are you like back to following a ton of photographers or like wedding pages? And do you still feel like, oh crap, like I wish I could do that? Like, I know I feel that way. Like right now, even so Sarah shot my wedding last month and like that maximalist style is like really in. I want my house to look like that right now. I want to like, I want to be doing colored candles and like stuff like that. But like my, my, I work with a brand designer and she's like, we got to like, keep your real in girl. Right. Like you, you need to, it's like, maybe one day I'll do like a limited release of something or like I can manipulate my products with photography if I like want that feeling right now. But a lot of the brands are doing like the big, like retro fonts on their candles and like everything is colorful. And I'm like so tempted to deviate from something that I know I love just to kind of like fit in and like morph to what everyone's doing right now. Do you still get like, okay, I've committed to this. I'm not as good as X, Y, and Z, or I wish I was doing this. Like, are you still in that like comparison mindset or have you like worked out of that? Oh, um, all the time, (laughs) but every day (laughs) I know what's happening when it's happening. And it, it just takes me to be like, okay, but I'm doing okay. I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm happy. I love this. Like there are times where I like make a, a poor decision in like in, in lighting and I'm like, Ooh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But um, yeah. overall, like I'm confident enough to be okay in any situation. Um, but I do not follow that girl still. Um, I refuse mm, to. Interesting. Yeah, I don't. Um, more so because now that I'm out of it, there are certain things that they were doing that I was like, eh, I don't like that now. I don't like mm-hmm. what you're doing. I don't like what you're promoting. I don't like the way that this feels. Um, I follow other ones, uh, other photographers that I don't know, and I now look at it as instead of comparison, I try my hardest to look at it as inspiration instead yes. of comparison because I like my work and people like my work and I keep obviously getting weddings for people that like my work. Um, so there are certain things that I would like to do. Like I would love to be like one of those not dark and moody, but like vintage aesthetic, like elopement on the side of a mountain, like those type of people. But I'm not like, I also don't, I want to be that girl. I know, but I also don't want (laughs) to travel. Like I also don't want to hike. I I don't like it. That's such a good point. Um, You got to get up there. I know. (laughs) And there are certain things that I want to do and I want to portray that are seen a lot in different editing styles and I want to be able to do that in my editing style. Like you don't see a lot of heavily tattooed people in bright and light and vibrant colors. You don't mm. see a lot of people doing um, like eating food at their engagement sessions and like doing like random fun stuff. Like you don't see that in my style. You usually see that in a darker and moodier like documentary type of style I want to portray that in my work like that's kind of where I'm at right now I'm trying to find Mm. this inspiration from these other styles and show people that it can be done in 
a different editing style and still look good. That's so interesting. Um, So you've like really found a way to, and I think this is so important too, whether it's like photography or any other business is you're literally foraging a new path. And like, that's what people need, right? Like, yeah, no, but seriously, like, it's like, we don't need 100 of the same type of photo or photographer. We don't need 100 of the same type of fill in the blank. Right. Like why? And um, I think, do you, do you still wish that you were doing like dark and moody or you love where you landed? I've been doing it so long that I don't think I could do it and be happy with it. Um, which is what I did. I tried it. It was fun. It was a little bit more document, documentary, documentary, document, documentary, documentary. It was a little more documentary. Like I could play a little bit with stuff, but I can do that now with my stuff. I just didn't feel like I could because I was still trying to fit a, fit a narrative. Yeah. I love yeah, I love how you've like taken. So like if you guys get on Sarah's website, she has she's like taken all the fun elements and you know like so I want to talk about what you were saying with like the luxury mm. market, but like I would say that like Sarah's photos are like luxury. They're beautiful, they're stunning. Like she has an eye. I love the editing. Like everything is just like vibrant and great, but then like on her website I think I'm on there like squirting a bottle of champagne on people. And like you said, you have people like eating burgers or like fried chicken or like whatever it is they like. And um, you're taking these elements that would be considered like more casual, Mm -hmm. I guess, and turning them luxury, which is pretty fucking cool because like you said, a lot of people are doing it in a different way and you're like kind of merging the two yeah i'm trying that's 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 what i'm trying to put out in the world um the problem that i have with luxury is it's relative i Mm. don't like when people just slap the word luxury on something and then just automatically expect to be paid more or like like this is lux l-u-x yeah like in you can just tell like me being in the industry i can just tell who's slapping that word on there and yeah, hoping that it gets them X, Y, and Z. Same shit. And um, I would never put that label on myself because I don't want to steer people away that may not have the highest budget or may not have these hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollar weddings that are Pinterest worthy and like all this like social media yeah. garbage. I don't want to have the term luxury dictate whether or not that they feel like they can afford me. Honestly, so I I just don't like that I don't word either. attached to businesses. I have made a point, like I said, it is all over in like the industry that I'm in That's too. That's so odd. People, luxury, yes, yes. And they love it in like the L-U-X-E mm-hmm. situation, like Lux candles or like, I'm trying to move out of candles actually and like into other stuff, but candles are it right now. And I'm just like, you're just calling it luxury because you're choosing to pay $5 for a vessel. So you have to charge right. more. Right. And I don't ever want to hit that market that I can't also give these photos and this experience to people that 
It feels gaudy. It does. Too. Like it does. It's like it just doesn't feel like this whole thing goes back to like being authentic. It's like you're like you said, you're like slapping luxury, but it's like what really is gonna speak to that is the work. If the work speaks to it, you don't have to say it. And like you said, like it doesn't have to be like gold and diamonds. Mm-hmm. Like that's not yeah. your thing. I also want people to want me to photograph it because they want me to photograph it. Not because I am some price point in some market that I they feel like, oh, okay, you're expensive, so you're luxury. I want you there. Like, I don't want that. Yeah. I want to be there because you want me there, because you like me. Like, I love my clients. Every single client – like, I used to have clients that I was like, eh, like – they pay the bills, like whatever. But I can confidently say this year and next year, I love every, and last year, I loved every single one of my clients because I've hit that area in my business that I'm attracting people that I'm, I'm putting out what I want to get in pretty much. Yeah. And I've shot totally. super, super high end weddings before. And there was so much that went wrong and like there were so many things that I was like, this is just kind of icky that I didn't like. Like it was mostly about the pomp and circumstance and the, the decor and make sure you get all of this stuff that doesn't actually matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter. What matters is you two. And that's my focus. I'm focused on you. I'm not focused on Joe Schmo who came in here looking like that. And like your the twenty thousand dollar fucking cake that you did. I don't know that gold plated yeah gold yeah, like plated whatever like like gold leaf on yeah, everything like make I'm sure not, you get the the diamond details yeah, or whatever. I'm not worried about that. Granted, I love it. Like it's great. Yeah, but I don't want you worried about that. First of all, like that's not what I'm here to highlight. Yeah, I'll get it because you paid for it. I will take photos of it. I'll take great photos of it. Like you'll have that memory, but also you talking with your grandma or like your uh, long lost friend that surprised you at your wedding that you didn't think was coming or the last dance between you two on the dance floor or like your super old grandma and grandpa that have celebrated their 70th anniversary. Like that's what I care about. That's what you should care about. Yeah. And that's what my clients care about yeah. now. Um, I love and that's that. what I want to put out in the world that that's the more important stuff that, and for me to be able to tell that story with really great photos, that's yeah. luxury to me. Like, it's I don't know. Amazing. I've, fucking love that it's the memory not the Mm -hmm. thing like I've literally I need to like paint this picture for people like I I I think I actually wrote this in a review to you literally (laughs) like last week and I was it you have an eye to see things that I think a lot of people would overlook and it's so funny because like if something is happening in a room I've seen Sarah will like jump over somebody (laughs) to like go and get the shot you know like uh, there's a really great picture, like Jordan's um, best friends from when he was a lieutenant in the Marine Corps were all at the wedding. And there's like one point where they do this with each other. I don't know. I've seen them do it multiple times, but they like all get in a circle and they just like hug oh. each other. And it's very cute. And I don't know if it was, I, it had it was to have been yeah. you. And yeah. And 
somehow, and they were in like a group of a ton of people. Like it was like in cocktail hour and Sarah somehow it's like, you see it like out of the corner of your eye or something. And you like get over there to get the picture because you see the moment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's so special. It's not the, it's not the things. It's not the like just posed pictures. It's like, the moments that you like relive that that's my job which is so i mean that's essentially my job my job is to come in and document the things that you are not paying attention to like yeah you don't see those things like i'm pretty sure you didn't see that happening and um people don't see those things and i want you to look back on your gallery and be like oh my god i didn't see that happening but i'm so glad that she got that like those are the things that are important. And I can't tell you how many times, like, I have seen people share photos of, like, I hate to be this guy, but the one that, like, of, like, a grandparent passing. Like, the last photo that they ever get taken is the one that I take of them at the wedding yeah. day. Like, that might be the yeah. last time. Like, and I've seen so many of those get shared or, like, parents or things that, like, you just don't think about like I can take a picture of a centerpiece all day long and deliver like a hundred of those, but they don't matter. You're not going to put that on a wall. You're not going to put that in an album. Like you don't care. Yeah. And I hear all the time, like, like you, um, like you mentioned people, uh, me like jumping over people to get to a photo, but I hear all the time from people in this industry that are like, I can't stand the reception like I can't stand dancing photos I can't stand like I go hide in the bathroom for dancing photos like I am out there in the middle of the dance floor for three flipping hours because I never know when that one moment is gonna happen and I have literally thrown like my fork down grab my camera (laughs) run like a football field because they put me in the back room somewhere because I hear some cheering going on and I'm like what's going on (laughs) um but that's what's important to me is those those memories in photo form and I'm not a videographer so I can't recreate like I I try to make it so that you can like relive it without it actually being in video which is really hard that's amazing do you I I love that you so like you said a lot of people like take pictures for the pretty photo but I feel like it's also like not only satisfying to you but just like for the industry as a whole that is at the end of the day like yeah you're gonna get your couples that are like obviously really there to marry each other but then there's a lot of people that are there to like have the wedding and like show the pictures off of all the things they had and I think it's like really beautiful that you found a way to like make a job that could be really superficial like actually have a ton of meaning you know and it's like that that's your your difference because it's like there's always going to be jobs that you start or businesses that you want to start that people have done before you're not like recreating the wheel here but at the end of the day you are to a lot of people because they're going to get things from you that they can't get from other people. And I feel like that's so important to note for anybody that like wants to start a business or like, Oh, it's saturated or, Oh, it's this. It's like, yeah, it might be, but like the more you stay, this is like so cliche, but like the more you stay true to yourself. Right. It's like, like you said, people are booking for Mm -hmm. you. People, 
people want you and for whatever reason that is. So it's like if you're morphing and like putting on this persona to be someone else, they're probably going to book that other person anyway. Because you're the one, that's the person you're trying to emulate. So why would they not just go to like the original or whatever? 100%. Um, Do you feel like in the industry that... Because at this point, you're what, six or seven years in. So like your heels are dug like pretty deep in. So you're like in the D.C. area. Do you feel, and it's okay to brag, (laughs) do you feel like you've like really honed it on your craft? Yes, we went over that. But do you feel like you have like a grasp on the industry that you're like deep in the industry in a way of you're an expert or you (laughs) – I feel like now you might be that girl that somebody else is trying to emulate now. Like, do you, how do you feel about all that? Um, Slash, has anybody said that to you? Have you been the one that's like, I just want to be like you? No, because I'm not in the education field. Um, mm, interesting. I've thought about going into education. I've tried it. I, I've thought about it. I, <laughs> Here's um, my imposter syndrome. I don't think that I am one that could educate somebody because I just feel like I go out and I just do. Like there's something that just clicks and I just go and I do it and I don't really know how to explain it. Um, uh, When I was a little bit more in the education industry, I did have people come to me and ask me to teach them things. Um, and I have had mentor requests. I just don't know how to go about it uh, in a mm-hmm. way that would be beneficial to me and them. Um, do you I think that you <laughs> don't want to do it because you feel like you're like not worthy of it or you're not like established enough or like you're still learning or is it really like, eh, I don't know if that interests me. It's more so that I don't know that it interests me. Um it does like it's there it's always there that I could do it yeah uh it's just a lot (laughs) there's a lot that goes into it on the back end as far as like what type of education you want to go into um and how you want to educate if you want to do one-on-one or if you want to do fully digital or uh that kind of stuff and like what specifically I want to educate on um that I don't know it's just it's weird and I, I I feel like I could do it I don't feel like yeah I'm not established enough or like I guess I don't have that much imposter syndrome now back then I did but like I just yeah. don't know that I could reiterate the things that I'm doing properly well and also for education like I and I don't know if this is something that you're so you're like confident in in your skills that it doesn't matter to you but like when you offer up education you're literally offering to people on a platter granted for money Mm -hmm. but like your editing style Mm -hmm. how you capture things how you do things and so you're essentially agreeing to replicate yourself which if you're not ready, I feel like if you're not ready to step out of the industry or like maybe at the end of the career, it's a really good time to <laughs> yeah. do that. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, just like we were talking about before, there's 10 of you, 15 of you that all kind of like do the same thing. If you're selling presets, if you're, you yeah. know, I would say 
Yes and no. Or does that not No, it does, you? but it doesn't because I would say that I have gotten to the point where I am harping on being yourself so much that that's what I would instill in people. There's not much you can copy from me now other than my editing right. style because my voice is so prevalent. Like I don't yeah. have I don't have assistants. I don't have like PR people. I don't have people that are writing my copy. Like I am the one that's that's my voice. And you can't right. duplicate that. No. And if you do, it's not going to sound right. So that doesn't bother me because I think mm-hmm. if I was ever to get into education, I would be more so not technical education, but more of like just be yourself. <laughs> like that's It'd be like life coaching. Like like, like life coaching like, in a yeah. business form, but also be yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and don't do what I did. Yeah, totally. Um because that's what I try. I mean, I try to instill that in people that are up and coming and like people that have asked me because like my second photographers um I have trained them and taught them things and they always come to me and are like you know I love the way that you like handle yourself you're so um calm and mm-hmm. uh like I don't care like I've gotten to the point and yeah. I don't want to say this like I don't care about your wedding because I do I just don't care about the small shit that doesn't matter like yeah people are like, you know, I've worked with so many other photographers that are like running around and like they're, you know, spending two, three, four hours, I shit you not four hours on portraits at wedding days, like prolonging cocktail hour, like doing all these like random things that don't matter when I'm getting everything I need done in like 20 minutes. And it's still like, I mean, you, you saw it. People don't even, yeah, (laughs) you saw it. I feel like portraits people don't even use again. Like it's like, they're a formality. They do (laughs) and they don't like, there is a good, if you can't get it done in 20 minutes, then I don't think that you should be in the industry. Like, I'm just going to say that. Like I'm interested. If you can't get your portraits done in 20 minutes, then you shouldn't be in the industry. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it confidently kind of, um, because I do, I feel like once you get there, then you're starting to take away from what a wedding day actually is. Like, Everything there's else, not, there's no yeah. reason. But um, I have had people be like, why do you not, like, why are you so calm? Why do you not care about anything? And I'm like, because it's not, I'm, it's not my day. Like, I'm here to just go yeah. with the flow and Got do whatever it. happens. Like, I'm not here to dictate things. Um, that was off topic, kind of tangenting, but not really. I don't know. Um, but still prevalent. <laughs> kind of. So... I guess to answer your question, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I know, I do know that I don't want to do weddings forever. Um, Interesting. I wouldn't have. Um, So what would you want to do? I don't know. Like, do you want to stay in photography or like, this is just kind of like a, like for me, it's like, oh, this might just be a season of my life. Who knows what I'll try to sell next. I will stay in photography. Um, I just know, like, weddings are hard. <laughs> they are yeah. tough on your – I mean, like, I have a two-day two hangover afterwards. Like, you, it takes – and oh, it's I just getting it. worse as I get older. Like, yeah. it's just – I know that, like, like, when I hit, like, 40, like, I don't think that my body could be able to handle this. And, like, we want kids, so I'm like, where do kids fall in the – the yeah you know the time you give up your whole weekend yeah and like I know that once 
you know, once kids are older and they're doing sports and like all that stuff too, like you want to be involved in those things and you can't give up your weddings every, or your weekends every, every time. Um, so I don't know what I want to do. I just know that I don't want to do it forever. Do you ever just like be the creative director, I guess, or like creative coordinator and you could just have like a team of photographers that you like that you train and then they go out and maybe you help with editing if they need it or something like that. Whereas like people, you're essentially like an agency. Mm. I feel like that's like a really good. (laughs) So that's a, no. Um, so that's associate, that's having an associate team. Um, and there are tons of people that do this and do this successfully, but my business is so much my, my, you so much me and like my personality and my voice that it would be very very hard for me to give that up I would have to Mm. do a whole nother business on like as just an associate team um and again I don't know that I want to be a manager like I don't think I want I don't know people do it well people do it really well and then people do it really poorly so I don't know it goes one of two ways and then I have to be responsible for people and their salaries and their I don't know yeah and like it's all falls back on me and like I I don't know I don't know if associate team I would say I would probably get into education at some point um yeah because that is a really great way to have passive income Uh, I just don't know what that looks like right now and I'm not saying like I'm not going to be in weddings for the next like 10 years like it's not yeah it's just thinking ahead yeah it's not sustainable for it's like when I had the bakery it's like you reach a point where it's like okay the the cons are so far outweighing and for me it was that I just like had no life left you know and and like you said like even you're you're finding the little moments in these weddings like you don't want to I hate to say this but like for me, I was like making cakes for people's birthdays and Mother's Days and Christmases and all these things. And I'm like making their holiday happy and I wasn't getting any moments for myself. And so like there comes a point where it's like, okay, you have to like realistically weigh when does one outweigh the other. And like maybe that's not right now. You baked my cupcakes and didn't come to my wedding. So like I did. I did. I, you were getting all of the – you were baking the cakes and the cupcakes for the birthdays that you couldn't go to, so. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. So. But the same thing. Like, I am missing parties and other people's weddings and travel opp- opportunities and stuff. Um, granted, now, like, I'm not as busy as I was the first four or five years um, mm-hmm. because I – have been able to say no a lot more which is nice but um yeah I mean that whole hustle hustle culture and everything like that too is detrimental yeah um so why do you say no to people why do I say no to people I say no to people is it like you don't vibe with them or like you just say you're unavailable um I say no to people sometimes sometimes both. both um I say no to people Mainly because I put travel restrictions on myself this year. Okay. Um, I moved further out from D.C. So when I was 20 minutes from D.C., I couldn't really say no. But now that I'm an hour plus, depending on traffic, uh, I say no to D.C. Like, I just don't. 
Oh, yeah. really? You don't even go in D.C. Nope, anymore? I don't do it. I don't do D.C. Fuck driving nope. in D.C. <laughs> nope. I did it for so Hate long, <laughs> and I got no benefit from it other than the fact that I could say that I was in the D.C. market, and I didn't really even want to be there to begin with. Um, it's pretty, but again, it's just pretty. Like, it's generic. It goes back to, like, that, like, oh, luxury. Yeah. Oh, look at D.C. Yeah, no. I... Give me the woods. Give me the woods. I can make the same money <laughs> out here in Middleburg and all the other wedding country, Northern Virginia, that I could make yeah. in fight in DC. And I'm not fighting DC anymore. I have an out. That's so nice to like be able to put that and, and like give yourself permission to say no. Because it's very hard. It's so hard. And it is so hard to start saying. Yeah. No. And I've said yes yeah. to a couple of things. Like I really, really vibed with this couple that has a wedding at this um, place called Kent Island, which is out in uh, Maryland over the bridge. So it's mm-hmm. over an hour and some change. I think it's like an hour and 20 without traffic. And my uh, travel restriction I put on myself is an hour. Um, and I really vibed with this couple and I was like, Hey, I don't usually do weddings out here, but I really love this venue. I love you guys. Like I will yeah. make an exception. So I will make exceptions. Yeah. But it has to be on my terms now. Yeah, um, you're the big boss. I am the big boss. Uh, you're I'm the big, the big boss. boss. Uh, yeah. So, but it's very hard because I'm like, and then I start panic booking and I panic book for so long. Like right now I am, slightly starting to panic for next year because we're seeing a really really um slow season like everyone is really yeah, everyone is interesting uh, because of the big boom from covid and now mm. we're kind of in like a recession ish um like kind of yeah. i mean like everything's just skyrocketed as far as pricing people are like I, I hate to say it, but people are low budgeting weddings. Um, yeah, they're like, give me the backyard wedding. Yeah, which or is fine, but they're just like not putting priority on things and not yeah. going the extra mile that they're just like booking immediately. Um, and everyone's seeing it. It's not just me, it's all over all of my yeah. um, different platforms. It's like, that where I'm can on. I cut my budget? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And um, unfortunately, photography, if you don't know the person, photography is an easy place to say, oh so and so is a photographer they'll do it for cheaper and then until you get the product you're yeah. not you don't know that you're making a bad decision <laughs> getting it yeah. do you have people that try to like uh heckle you for prices or are you like are, are they pretty good about like oh your price is what your price not is? anymore because you've you've raised your prices like i i do remember you bumped your prices yeah to be more of that like high-end yeah, um, not anymore. I don't have any hecklers anymore. Nobody asks me for a discount. Um, I do give okay. discounts with like preferred vendors. So there's a couple of planners like Christina, um, mm-hmm. your wedding planner, and um, Katie, who I'm starting the podcast with. And uh, I think that's actually it. I think I only have two now. Two. I used to have more. Um, but those people, if they if they bring me a, a couple, then yeah. I obviously give them a small discount for bringing me the couple but other than that nobody asks me for discounts or um heckles me anymore because i mean it is what it is like and i'm pretty average i would say i'm average and i might even be average to low um in the market that i'm in um as far as like 
the Leesburg area, the Northern Virginia area, I'm average to low. I mean, people charge stupid, yeah. stupid things out here. But I, I'm comfortable. I like my clientele. I don't want the ten thousand dollar pack package clientele. Yeah, I think you've like hate your sweet a lot spot. more issues. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot more issues that come with people who just spend money to spend money. Yeah, and it's like not always like more money doesn't mean better and I think there's also really something to be said that you're at the point where you're like no like I don't have to work every weekend like yeah there's a point where you're in the beginning you're like hustling and you're taking every person but um almost like taking everything that comes your way just to take it almost like I don't want to say it cheapens your work but it's just like what a place to be in that you can like really just like work with people that align with you and allow you to have your life and that's like the dream yeah. right being busy it's is like, not a flex I'm not <laughs> right it's like I'm not doing things just to yeah. take it and to get you know a 500 extra dollars or whatever it is it's like no like I can be selective I can have some Saturday mm-hmm. nights like with my husband and future kids or whatever it is and I know I have a wedding in two weeks yep. And get to rest for the rest. Yeah, it's weird. Um, it's weird to have that. Um, and it kind of scares me sometimes where I'm like, I'm not busy. Like, should I be busy? And then I have to be like, actually, this is cool. Like, you don't have to be busy. It's so and cool. This is the flex that I get to like yes. go to Italy for a week and not have to worry about things yeah. or like go on vacation or actually just have a Saturday or Sunday or whatever it is. And um, still be okay. So that's the flex. Cause that's, yes, <laughs> it is. And like, I'm, I'm, I am trying so hard to like get to that point. I have such a problem with being like, if I'm not actively doing something like last night, I like get in bed and I'm like, Oh, like I sent my orders out today at like three o'clock this afternoon. And I like, haven't done a whole lot since then. So like, let me make sure I get in bed and like, make sure my website has all the things on it that it needs. And I'm like working in bed. Cause it's like, if you're not actively hustling, if you're not actively doing something, you're not doing enough. And like, that's just not true. Like the flex is to like go to sleep and like make money while you're sleeping and then like deal with it on your own time. You know? Yeah. I was, I was pretty like at the beginning of the year too. I was like, I'm going to stop working at four, maybe five. Like my cutoff is five. Like I'm not taking any phone calls mm -hmm. after that. I'm not like everyone kind of has to, for lack of better words, like do things on my schedule and yes, boundaries. Yeah, and setting boundaries and like all those things. I think that just, it accumulates to be like the perfect picture where if you don't set boundaries and then everything kind of like falls apart. So, um, it's a, yeah. it's a big learning curve though. It didn't happen overnight by any means. Like it took me seven years to get here. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, it's so easy to get an email and feel like you need yes. to answer immediately yeah. or, like, all this stuff. And, and um, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great unlearning. Yeah. I have people that email me at, like, 11 o'clock and I'm like, oh, I'm available to email you. And then I'm like, no, we're going to set the phone down. That is not. Yeah, that can be done tomorrow. Like, it's fine. Like, it's no big deal. Um, so before we kind of wrap everything up, one, I want to hear about this podcast oh, yeah. you're starting. And then I have like a closing question okay. that I ask everybody. Okay. But tell me about the podcast. So this is kind of like a new development and um, I want to hear about yes. it. Yes. So the podcast, um, it hasn't launched yet. 
it's me and uh, Katie from Tilly and Teal. She's a wedding planner. I'm a wedding photographer. So we're basically coming together and talking about what's wrong in the industry. <laughs> like the shit of yeah, the industry. Yeah, and it's more so bringing to light the things that people don't want to talk about and are not being talked hmm. about. Um, like pricing and the luxury market and um, fitting narratives and the hustle culture and like all of these things that people are not bringing to light, we're going to bring to light and hopefully. I love that. Try it's like the dirty little secret. <laughs> kind of, but we're trying to single-handedly like bring back what the wedding industry is about and it's ultimately about the people that we're serving and it's not about trying to get published or like, you know, making forcing these luxury narratives on people and stuff like that. So, yeah, so we're super excited. Um, we don't know really how how much we're going to put out or how long it's going to go or like we have a whole list of things to talk about. So, I love um, it. yeah, and it kind of kind of relates back to this whole conversation that we had which is kind of cool yeah I love that because it's like like you said it's at the end of the day the whole reason this is like so cheesy it's okay (laughs) the whole reason that the wedding industry exists is because most of the time people like literally fall in love with each other right right? and it's like when they're getting married a lot of times they're still like in that honeymoon phase and still really love each other so it's like just because people are like falling in love, this whole fucking industry right. exists. And a lot of vendors or people that are in that industry uh, have kind of like, like, it sounds like what you're saying is like they've taken it as their own, where it's like at the end of the day, it's not about them. They're there to like serve. And I think that's a really cool like way to look at it because it has gotten very noisy and I was only in in the wedding situation which I like basically stayed out of I was like okay I have like people that are doing this for me for like nine months and that was it yeah it's very noisy there's a lot of people taking advantage of things and um yeah so we're just trying to rein it in pretty much single-handedly just us us little two just against you against the industry we're taking it it over (laughs) that's amazing um i can't wait to listen i'm definitely gonna listen um if you had to say that you had like one biggest boldest dream and I know I asked you this before because let's lest we forget this is a re-record. <laughs> I think this one was way but better though. Changed. It was. This it was. Way better. It was. It was. Yeah. Uh, you know we're getting happy accidents here. Uh, truly. <laughs> if this, if I recorded this wrong, I'm gonna like I'm stopping. <laughs> I'm never doing another episode again. Um, but and you know things change. So if you had to biggest boldest dream. And even if it feels like unattainable, this is my favorite way to put it. Like things that feel like it's not even like within your grasp, that's fine. Um, But I feel like there's a true power in like putting words of things that you want into the world. So if you had a biggest, boldest dream, don't hold back. Or it could be small. I think last time 
my biggest, boldest dream was to start a podcast. <laughs> and I'm starting that, so small victories. Heck yeah. Uh, but I would say I want to be financially stable in a way that I'm making passive income and I don't have to worry. Um, I've kind of, I don't want to say live my life worrying about it, but I have. Like, I think everyone does mm-hmm. in a way. And yeah. I just want to be able to do the things that I want to do and be in a headspace that I am confident and comfortable and okay. And I can, you know, start a family comfortably and not have to worry about what the next, you know, paycheck or job or whatever is. Um, And then I would really love to move. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Where? Like, I want to move further. So um, my husband, like in Virginia, yeah, we have to so. stay in Virginia because my husband's job. But um, he is like destined to take the company over at some point, hopefully. And I want to move out further. I want to be on like a hundred mm-hmm. acres of land, and I want to have yes. a big house with a pool. And I sound like the girl from the Notebook with a wraparound porch no. and an area where I can paint the blue shutters, <laughs> the blue shutters, yes. and an area where I can paint. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't paint, but like. Where I can photograph. But you I might. might. Hey, I, yeah, I'm yeah. financially stable enough. I can pick up painting. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I can do any I can hobby. do anything I want. Uh, yeah. But, like, I have a studio at my house and, like, just live on a plot of land around nobody in Homestead. Heck, yes. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I, like, I feel like there's so much value in that and, like, you know, I ask people all the time. It's funny. Like I've asked obviously so many people now, like what's your biggest, boldest dream? And like truly a lot of times it comes back to like being happy, being financially stable and like literally being able to chill. Yeah. And I think there's so much value and like power in hearing that because when I hear financially stable, like for me personally, and and I've just like gotten comfortable saying this out loud. Like I literally want to make millions, mm-hmm. but not to buy shit. Yeah. I don't want anything. I literally, I showed my mom a picture of my closet the other day because I've been cleaning it out. And she was like, that is pathetic because there's no clothes left. Like I wear the same thing all the time. We don't buy stuff, but it would create such a security mm-hmm. where it's like I could do anything. And like we said before, we're both like serial entrepreneurs. I have a lot of stuff that I just like am interested in. And it sounds like you're the same. And it's like it's not money to have money. It's money to not have to worry. It's money to be able to do whatever I want. Like, yes, if I want to go, if I want to get book an airplane ticket and go to Paris for a week. I can do it like done Done. like and it's not even not even like a it's not even a a second thought or like a can I sway this and um I do a lot of this uh energetic work and I love the way that they describe money because she always says like you know money money is money but at the end of the day it's an energetic tool Mm -hmm. and all this energetic tool is is like the more money you have if you're using it properly, you're able to live your life authentically because you have now like broken the chains and don't have the restrictions anymore. And 
like what a gift it is to get that money by actually doing something you like. So what you're saying you is know. money buys happiness. <laughs> literally it does. I I will die on that hill. I will hill. literally die on that hill with you. Like I get I it. will <laughs> die on that hill. Like because only because it takes like stress will fuck you yeah. up. I literally I get bald head when I'm stressed <laughs> and like I lose my hair in patches and so many times it's over freaking yep. money because it's like, oh my God, I have to pay a thousand dollars for this. Or I have $2,000 I have to pay for this and I have $600 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Right. And it creates a stress that we don't necessarily have to live yeah. with. And if you just have the money, that stress goes yep. away and that's literally it. So like, yeah, obviously, if you're in a shit life situation, you know, th- that's things that you have to navigate and work through. But money buys fucking <laughs> happiness. Does. And it's not in the form for me. It's not in the form of designer bags and designer right. shoes. It's in the form of like literally having kids running around barefoot in the dirt, like picking carrots and bringing them in yes. for dinner. And me not having to worry yep. about that we're in the dirt picking yep. carrots at four o'clock yep. in the afternoon with chickens and a cow. Like, yes. yeah, I get it. Okay. I totally get it. But you have to be able to afford that lifestyle. It's exactly. not just, it's and not free. <laughs> nothing is free. I hate to break it to y'all. Yeah. And but nothing's free. <laughs> yeah. I hate to tell you, like that might seem like a cheap and poor lifestyle, but like to be able to live it and not be working yeah. every day, you need the money to get yep. there. Hundred percent, and I feel like that's actually like it sounds so simple, but it's actually such a huge dream, yeah. and I fucking I love, love it. it. I love it too, and we'll get there. Oh, We're putting it in the world. Yes. We'll get there. We're getting We're getting there. it. We're not gonna get there. We are on our way. Yes, there. we are. We're We're working. We're gonna have a hundred acres and chickens. <laughs> I really actually don't the biggest boldest dream. So, so the thing about farm animals, I actually talked to Jordan about this the other day, is it does make it impossible to leave unless you have a farm. Oh, 100%. Hand. You can never do anything. Because, <laughs> no, you can't leave. So I've had to rethink that because I, too, like, I saw a bumper sticker the other day that was like, I stop for cows. And I was like, oh, my God, that's me. I oh love my God, cows. Same. But, like, if you, if you have them, you can't actually leave yeah. them. So it's like, no need to find a way but then money could buy a farmhand and then you could yeah totally so that's totally i have two dogs and i was like i when i when i uh, got our first dog i was like oh this will be easy it's fine and having one dog is fine like somebody will watch it then we got two dogs and like i can't do shit no (laughs) can't imagine having like a hundred two dogs farm animals cows (laughs) (laughs) so many chickens that need their eggs picked every day um yeah, it's it's a lot, but I love that, and I'm so glad that we did this, redid this. Me too. I think this was way better. Yeah, it yeah. was. We crushed it. it. <laughs> Virtual crushed fist it. bump. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I love you, and thank you, and let everybody know where they can find you if they're in the area and want to book you, um, and then... When your podcast comes out, I can put that in the show notes too. Cool. Um, my website is serendipityphoto.com. It's S-A-R-A-N-D-I-P-I-T-Y photo.com. And uh, Serendipity Photography on Instagram. And um, our podcast is going to be called Behind the Aisle. And we're super excited about it. So, uh, yeah. 
Thank you so much for having me. Can't again. wait to listen. Yeah. Thank you for again. Thank you for doing this again. I love you. All right. I'm so proud of love you. you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I love you. I love you.